It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Second quarter in 30.8, and Slug of Gin, the leader, 700 to go. Two and a half metres to the little champ, Courage under fire. Then came Admirals Avenue, safe and sound off the track. In between runners, Yieldstar, three wide with cover at it again. Over on the inside, Kaya Kid. then Happy Asset, Shaker Maker, Breenies Feller, Captain Rufus, and Cole Bruce last. Heading off the back in 28.3, Slug of Gin led two metres. Courage under fire, second. Right around the outside, at it again, pulling out. Three wide safe and sound. Admirals Avenue awaiting the express post lane. Favourites under the whip. Courage under fire as they turn into the straight slug of gin being swamped. Here comes Shaker. Shaker Maker let loose with a run. Look at him go. Shaker Maker hit the lead with John Justice. He's coming away. Flying Breedy's fella. It's a Victorian Quinella. Shaker's done it. Shaker Maker's won the Inner Dominion. John Justice and Shaker Maker have beaten Breedy's fella and Happy Asset. Then came... Yeah. Ah, uh, what a call from Dan Malecki and that here comes Shaker. It's spine-tingling stuff for me. He's down the line. Dan, mate, uh, firstly, how are you and whereabouts are you today? Oh, I'm in my office, um, which is which is at home. I think everyone's got their home office uh, nowadays, but this is where my studio is. And, um, yeah, I've got uh, all the relevant uh, necessities of uh, being involved in horse racing at my fingertips and... It's my quiet place so I can uh, do all my preparation and study for yeah. for all of my work. I was uh, speaking with John Justice earlier, and it, the series was such a unique series in many ways. It was the million-dollar Inter Dominion the first time it got to that prize money, and the qualification of it was different as well as the Hunter Cup and Victoria Cup were worth double points, and... Uh, in the Trotters series, the Dullard Cup and the Australian Trotters Championship were worth extra points. And to have Shaker Maker and Lyle Creek, Lyle Creek had only had 14 starts then when he came over for the series. It was some some sort of an exciting series, wasn't it? Oh, look, it, it really was, Toby. I've got a photo here. I think there was only two that were ever made. And it's a photo of the winner of each of the five weeks of the carnival. Uh, and the race book that goes with it. And, and every week was sensational. And for all of the horses that you mentioned, um, the Inner Dominion, it, it was changed that year. I loved it. I, I loved it because of the quality and the depth of quality in those mm-hmm. horses, I'm not sure there's been better. Somebody might come up with uh, a, another year where they were pretty close to the mark or, or there was equally a lot of top-class horses. But 
that carnival, we started off with Christian Cullum. He was the favourite for the series. He, he ran third in the Victoria Cup, but he then went amiss. And when horses like Holmes DG and TaylorMade Lombo aren't getting there mm. to the final, but uh, it just shows you the depth in the ranks at the time and courage under fire. That was the, the year that um, he was beaten in the heat by Kaim, a kid, uh, for the very first time in his career. And, um, and Shaker Maker, as a four-year-old, same as Courage and the Fire came on the scene. Brenny's fellow was probably the surprise because he was yeah. a good horse, but yeah. not sure he'd really shown that he was up to that level. And obviously winning the Vic Cup and then second in the grand final, he peaked and uh, there was great representation from every state and from both islands of New Zealand. It was as good uh, of an Inter-Dominion carnival that I can recall. And Slug of Gin, the American horse, was there as well. And, and in the trotting ranks, you mentioned Lyle Creek, but you know, some of the other stars that were there included, um, I remember Africa and Sundon's Way and Buster Hanover from the Mark Purden stable and National Interest ran in the Interdom Grand Final with a, a special force, Mountain Gold, the, 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 the star Kiwi Trotters and even Euro Ranger, the uh, the imported horse, the European was there and pushed uh, Lyle Creek. He got very close to him in one of the lead-ups. Uh, so it was a fabulous carnival. It, it really was. Five five weeks of outstanding action that, to be fair, it's almost impossible to uh, re- re- be able to repeat it. Oh, I did the stats on it, Dan. The Pacers field finished their career with 364 wins combined and 11.1 million. The Trotters, 310 wins combined, 6.5 million. I haven't looked up others or, or done the same analysis on multiple inter-dominions, but 11.1 million. And then some of those names you mentioned that missed out, Christian Cohen, uh, Holmes, DG, they would have only lifted that average up. You know, a million-dollar earners per horse we're talking in a race. It's unheard of. It is unheard of. And they're all to, to think their bank balances would have been bigger if, each of the others weren't there. Yeah, yep, yep. yeah, Safe and Sound was in that mix. There was Captain Rufus, Cole Bruce, who was a star here in Victoria. And remember, there was Saab and Admiral's Avenue. They were two star horses yeah. from Western Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy Asset was here. I mean, he was a top horse. He almost became a Victorian. He was he was here that that often. And um, it was uh, oh, just a wonderful series. When you, I've got the race books here, and when I look back through it, I just think, wow. You know, what a thrill it was to be able to call with that depth and quality of horse that went through that series is is uh, is remarkable. And correct me if I'm wrong, that was your first Inter-Dominion? It was the first Inter-Dominion I called in Melbourne. Yeah. I'd called three previously. In fact, I'd called Inter-Dominions at the previous two years. I called uh, Savancelot winning in Auckland for... Um, the radio. I yeah. called Savancelot winning in Hobart for Sky Channel, and I called Thorate winning in Adelaide for for Channel Ten. So it was the first Inter Dominion I called in Melbourne, and, and even to this stage, even though it seems like I've probably been calling the trots for a long time, um, th- this year's Inter Dominion. It's only going to be my seventh pacing championship that I would have called, and because it was rotated for so many years, but within the confines of the job that I've actually got now and have had for twenty six odd years. Yeah. It's only my fourth Inter-Dominion call in Melbourne. So it doesn't happen that often. They're rare. So you need to embrace it. And, um, and naturally, I'm looking forward to this year's. But it's pretty hard to top 2,000 for a number of reasons. The crowd was great. It was the first million-dollar harness race. We talked about the depth of quality of horse. 
but also I felt like it was the the actual race that I was um, employed to call. Um, yeah, I still consider it the most important race that I've I've called. I've actually rated above all of the Melbourne Cup calls, um, probably because I'd conquered those mountains previously, and and I'd called all the big races. By the time I was twenty one, I'd called Melbourne Cups. Inner yeah. Dominions, obviously yeah. the Thorite one, and, and the features in the Greyhounds, but um, I hadn't called an Inner Dominion in Melbourne, and it, it was a big one. So still to this day, I, I consider it not necessarily my best call, but it's it's certainly my most important call. I, I was there, and I might be a little parochial Victorian, but when you said, here comes Shaker, I reckon I jumped in the air at the at that moment, you know, to, to try and cheer him home, and then, of course, I was connected to Breenie's Fowler, and then Breenie's Fowler come out of the pack, and I jumped in the air again. <laughs> yeah, no, it was pretty good. If you were parochial, um, yep. you could easily cheer them on. Um, uh, Breenie's Fowler never really looked like getting to shake a maker in the grand final, but he did charge through it late. Um, oh, look, it was a wonderful race. Even the race itself, Courage Under Fire had been beaten a couple of times through the series. Yep. He'd run an awesome race in the in the Victoria Cup. He got knocked over and flashed home, and start before that he got beaten in an inter-dominion heat by Kaima Kid, and he ran favourite in the grand final uh, but he hit his head on the mobile gate and went roughly at the start so his chances were pretty much out the window and then he had to work around and sit without cover and I mean he was brave under the circumstances but it was just beyond him and shaker maker there was a sense of timing about him he was only a four-year-old but he, uh, he, he'd he really turned it around on, on uh, Courage Under Fire in probably six months he, he couldn't beat uh, courage, you really couldn't get close to him, but uh, the rapid regression Shaker Maker was able to make uh, was extraordinary. Um, and and Yule Star, there's another great horse that was part of that series yeah. as well. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just the depth. Uh, I don't think I've known better. I know the years that Blacks are fake, I'm the Mighty Queen, Smoking Up were racing against each other. They were fantastic. But not the depth. And, and absolute champions. And you could pick out four, five, six horses of that particular era. But here, I reckon you could name 20 of them. Uh, and consider them in the elite category. And that's just in the pacing ranks. And the, and the trotting ranks at the time were similar. Yeah, well, as you said, there was half a dozen horses that should have been in the final that weren't, So, which would make any any final any other year. Damn, mate, uh, I've only got a minute left, but thank you so much for coming on and giving us some uh, recollections. And, yeah, here comes Shaker. And uh, I still, <laughs> still, every time I hear it, I still get that little spide tickle. So thanks, thanks mate. And uh, I'll... Are you at Geelong tonight? I might see you at Geelong. No, no. If you see me at Geelong tonight, it'll be a doppelganger. Um, <laughs> no, I'm off tonight doing all my prep for uh, for a busy weekend, Friday and Saturday. Look, thanks for the memories. Uh, probably the most frightening aspect of it, it was uh, nearly 23 years ago. Yeah, stop it. All right, I'll see you on the weekend. I'll be at uh, Melton Friday, Saturday. Good on you, Dan. See you there. Thanks, Toby. There's Dan Malecki, the great race caller of... Of my generation and my life, I suppose, when you think about it, he's been the absolute top of the tree for the last uh, 23 years at least, even longer than that, calling thought rates into Dominion. Wow, that was, uh, I'm, I'm only going to go off the top of my head, that was 89, 90. Unbelievable, he's been calling uh, the top of the tree for, what, 30-something years and as Shaker Maker loomed at the top of the straight that year, and here comes Shaker, he just looked the winner at that point of time. We heard from John Justice. He didn't have much time to think about it. Uh, but looking back, yeah, I think that the thrill of just feeling that horse just let down at the top of a straight when John had chased that into Dominion for all those years, 
It was the pinnacle race that he wanted to win. We heard from Tim Budd as well that uh, that was the race he wanted to win. Over and above a New Zealand Cup was an inter-dominion. They chased. He tried to buy a horse for the race. He couldn't get one. And it turned out he had one in his in his stable the whole time. Wild Creek, who just got better and better and better. He'd only had 14 starts when he came to Australia to tackle an inter-dominion series. Almost an immature horse. Only the 14 starts. Unbelievable, isn't it? And he won the inter-dominion that year. We've got the end of the show is nigh upon us. Lee Dalton from Palmer Bet will be up on the other side of the break with Miles Fitzner and David Taggart, who assume command and control for the rest of the afternoon. I'll be back tomorrow. It's moving day on Trot's Life. I'll be teeing off with Tim O'Connor, Mick Guerin, Jamie Cockshut, and chasing a few guests as well for throughout the show. I'll catch you then.